Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Good morning, everyone. How many are ready to receive the last message in our series, Free Indeed? I don't know how many came ready today to finish this series off and get everything that God has for you. But I believe that today God is going to set some people free. I believe that today is a day of freedom. Say it with me, freedom. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say it like you had some breakfast this morning. Say freedom. Come on, we're going to experience some freedom today. And maybe you've already experienced some freedom throughout these messages that we've preached. But I believe that today we're going to close this off and we're going to not only receive the freedom that God has for us, we are going to stay free. I said, we're not only going to receive the freedom, we're going to maintain that freedom. How many say, I want to maintain that freedom that God has given me? I don't want to give it back. I don't want to go back. I want to continue experiencing the freedom that God has for me. And man, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about finishing this series off. And at the end, this is what we're going to do. Listen, we're going to do something different. We're going to minister. We usually don't do that at social church. And so we're going to have a time of ministering. And I'm going to lay hands. So I, don't, I hope you don't get scared. There's nothing bad about it. There's no magic behind it. But we believe that the Holy Spirit is real. Come on, somebody say amen. The Holy Spirit is real. We believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, just a lot of times we neglect the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is real. He moves and He is present. He is in this place. And when, we, when we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, man, He comes in. And he fills us up. And he touches us. And we begin to experience things that we've never felt before. And the Holy Spirit, can I say this? The Holy Spirit can jumpstart us into this deeper walk with God. When we experience the touch of the Holy Spirit, you know, as we go through life, the Word of God can help us grow and it can help us mature. As we hear preachings and teachings, we can begin to learn some things that will help us mold our character and who we are more to the image of God. And that's great. There's a process. But when the Holy Spirit fills you up, it's like you go from level one to level five. You know what I'm saying? In your spiritual walk. It's like an acceleration in your spiritual walk. And not everybody has had the experience of feeling that. But I believe that if you truly desire it and ask for it and want it, that God will give it to you. So I want you, as we're going through this message today, I want you, as you're seated there, before we go to the ministering time, I want you to begin to just pray in your heart and ask God, God, fill me with your spirit. Touch me. Touch me. I want your touch. And so today, we're going to talk about staying free because we've talked about already about receiving that freedom. Amen. And how to become free in our lives. But today, it's all about how we can remain free. Because here's the thing, some people experience freedom 
and some are about to experience freedom. And some of you have experienced freedom because you've encountered truth. You heard a word or you heard a teaching that was like an aha moment for you. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You learned something that you didn't know before. And when you learned that and that truth was set inside of your heart and in your mind, you changed in your life. Because you said, whoa, I didn't know that. And because I didn't know that, now I can do something different. How many have experienced that? You experienced freedom because you encountered truth. The word of God came in, changed your mind, and set you free. But some of you experienced freedom because for the first time in your life, maybe you accepted Jesus Christ in your life. And you said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And the Bible says, whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. So you receive freedom because now you gave Jesus your life and he has become Lord of that. Maybe you experienced freedom because you received the touch of the Spirit. Maybe you were in a church service or you were praying at home and the Holy Spirit just came and touched you and you felt something in your feelings, in your emotions that you never felt before. And that was God working inside of you, changing something. And that touch of the Spirit, like I mentioned just a little while ago, it took you to another level in your spiritual walk and you received freedom. From certain things that you were dealing with. Maybe you received freedom because you just decided to submit to God. You decided to say, God, you know what? I'm going to give you this area of my life. I'm going to give it to you whether it's my finances or whether it's my family life or my marriage life. Or whether it's some personal thing. You said, God, I'm going to give it to you. I'm not going to hold on to that any longer. And you gave it to God. And the moment you gave it to God and you submitted to God, he set you free from that thing that you were struggling with. It, it doesn't matter how you've received freedom. And in what areas you've received freedom. Can I tell you that that's what God wants for us. That's his purpose for you. He wants you to be free in your life. And he wants you to be free. For real. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's the version of today. You know, free indeed. It would have said for free for real, you know. And God wants you to be free for real. Like for real, for real. Like he doesn't want this to be something that just takes place for a moment. He doesn't want it to be a thing that lasts one day or one week. He doesn't want it to be something that you experience on Sunday and then all of a sudden by next Sunday, you've already forgotten about everything God did. You see, and whatever it was that you might have experienced freedom or received freedom in, now that thing, that area has to be maintained. That area has to be maintained. You know why? Because life will happen. Things will get tough. Reality's going to set in. You're going to go back home, right? You're going to go back to life as it is. It's like that old song used to say, back to life, back to reality. You're going to go back to all those things. After you experience freedom or the touch of God or you receive salvation or you have this special encounter with God, eventually you have to go back to life. You have to go back to work. You have to go back to dealing with the people that gave you a hard time. You'll have to go back to your problems, back to the battles. And when you do, it's easy to fall back into the bondage that you were in. 
when you go back to life and you go back to reality, it's easy to forget about what God had done. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to forget the things that God has spoken over you. It's easy to forget the promises that God has made you. It's easy to forget the word of God. It's easy to forget those experiences you've had on your knees and the way God has spoken to you. You see, because life will get tough. There will be tough days ahead. And when things get tough, there's going to be a temptation to want to fall back into those things. There's going to be a temptation. You know, temptation is going to come back knocking at your door again. That thing that you used to struggle with that now you're free from because you had the encounter with God, at some point will come back. And it will come knocking at your door when you least expect it. The Bible says that after the devil had tempted Jesus in the desert, it says that he left them for a season. Read your Bible. Maybe not in every version it says it that way. But it says he left them for a season. Meaning, listen, he's coming back. He's coming back. That thing that used to tempt you, that thing that used to bind you, it's coming back. It's going to rear its ugly head. It's going to come again, and it's going to knock right there. And it's going to try and get your attention again. And it's going to call for you. Listen, if you struggle with pornography, listen, there's going to be a commercial. There's going to be probably a, some pop-up announcement on the Internet or somewhere where you're at. There's going to be something that's going to rear its ugly head to get you to come back. Temptation's gonna come knocking. If you dealt with anger issues and you couldn't let go, listen, somebody's gonna get on your nerves again. Somebody is gonna try you. And when that happens, what do you do? Listen, I want you to see this because when that happens, when we're tempted again, here's what takes place in Luke chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. I want you to see this. Why, why does that happen? Why do we tend to go back to the old patterns, to the old habits? Some people can't maintain the freedom, so they go back. And here's what it says in Luke chapter 11, 24 to 26. This is Jesus speaking. He says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person that I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and it's in order. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. person is worse off. The latter condition, the second condition, the last condition is worse than the first one. That's what happens when we go back to doing the same things. That's what happens after we've received freedom from something and then we end up going back to that thing that we were free from. That situation becomes worse than it was before. And maybe you can say with me, man, I, I can testify to that. I've been there. I know what that's like. I was free from something and I let it go. But then I went back to it. And when I went back to it, it just got worse. It got worse. 
And that's a truth in the spiritual realm. That's a reality that's taking place around us and even within us. But here's what I'm going to tell you about this. We might fall back into this bondage for different reasons. One of the reasons why we can fall back into bondage, one of the reasons why we can go back into the cycle after being free is because we can become complacent about the work that God is doing in our lives or has done in our lives. We can become complacent. Say with me, complacent. I hope we don't get complacent. Listen, I hope we don't get complacent about the things that God is doing. I hope we don't get to a point where church service is boring. I hope we don't get to a point where it's like, oh, here we go again Sunday. Here it is. I hope we don't get to a point where it's like, oh, prayer. I hope we don't get to a point where it's like worship and we're with our hands down and in pockets and we're just staring around and looking around. And it's like it has nothing to do with me. Because the moment that we get there, we become complacent. And when we become complacent about the work of God, about the word of God, about worship and fellowship with his body, when we become complacent about these things, we're in trouble. We get into trouble. There's trouble ahead. If we become complacent, listen, you know what's going to happen? That that thing that you were free from is going to come back again. That thing that had left you will come back. And it's going to come looking. Like I said, temptation's going to come again. And you know what it's going to do? When it comes back again and it sees that, hey, he's complacent. He's not praying like he used to. He's not reading the word like he used to. He's not going to church like he used to. Or he's not as involved as he, as he used to be or she used to be. When he comes and he sees that there's emptiness, nothing going on, nothing replaced that old thing that you let go of, he's going to say, you know what? I'm coming back with seven more and we're going to have a party. And he'll come back. And the temptation will be even stronger. And he'll come in that moment where you have not replaced that area of your life with something. He'll come back in that moment, in that time. And he'll get you and you'll be successful. That's what happened as King David. King, the Bible says when kings were at war, when, when it was the time for kings to be at war, David was where? He was home. He should have been at war. He should have been busy fighting. He should have been in the front lines. He should have been fighting for what belonged to him. But you know where he was at? Complacent at home. Lying around. And what did he do? He went to the rooftop and he saw a woman bathing naked. Temptation set in. And you know the story. And you see, that's the danger in receiving freedom because God can work in our lives and we can have an encounter with the presence of God in a special way where we feel him and we feel freedom. And maybe something evil comes off of us, this influence that was on us that we couldn't get rid of. When we encounter God, it comes off of us because now the presence of God comes. And maybe it was this worldly thing, this issue, this habit that you were continually doing. But now you receive salvation and God came and broke that bondage and you were set free from it. You see, maybe you were doing something, something in your life. And you stopped doing it because you realize now with Jesus, I can do good. 
But the problem becomes that when we become complacent, we might stop doing something, but we don't start doing something different. And when we don't start doing something different in place of the thing that we used to do, that's when the enemy comes in and he attacks and he tempts us and we go back into the same situation. And I came to tell you today, my brother, my sister, God wants you to be free, not just for a week, not just for a month, not just for a year. He wants you to be free for real. For real. He wants it to be permanent, long-lasting. So you have to be able to replace those things, you see. Maybe before you used to watch pornography or whatever it was, now you got to use that time and maybe get on your knees and pray. Maybe you got to open up the word of God and begin to read it. Maybe you got to start listening to preachings. Maybe you got to start serving, get involved in a small group. I don't know what it is, but you have to fill up that time with something else. You have to begin to do good. Don't leave the house empty. Don't just stop doing something and then relax and be, and be complacent. Fill it with something else. Get involved in the things of God. Begin to do good. And I guarantee my brother and my sister that when the enemy comes back, he's going to find you praying. He's going to find you in church. He's going to find you in the word of God. He's not going to find an empty house. And so he'll have to go back to where he came from. And he'll have to recognize that when God set you free, he set you free for real. True freedom. That's why Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's possible to be burdened again. It's possible to go back. But I came to tell you that it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And now God is telling you, what do you need to do? You need to stand firm. You need to stand firm in what you have believed. You have to persevere. You have to go through it. When tough times come, you have to get on your knees. When you don't feel like praying, that's when you have to push. When you don't feel like coming to church, that's when you have to push through. You have to persevere, my brother. This is a fight and you have to fight for the freedom that God has given you. You have to fight to maintain that freedom. Turn to somebody and tell them you got to maintain it. Tell them you stand firm. Tell them stand firm. You got to stand firm in that freedom. But here's the thing. Here's the reality. We're going to fight to maintain our freedom. But the truth is that some of us will slip up. Not some of us, all of us. Yeah, all of us will. We'll slip up. You see, freedom is not about never sinning again. I want you to know that. Please, because if you don't know that, the moment you slip up, man, you'll feel like you're the worst person in the world. Freedom is not about being perfect. Freedom in Christ is not about never sinning again. We will sin. Freedom in Christ is about not maintaining that lifestyle of sin. It's about not staying in that pattern of sin, of bad habits in our life. We can trip up. We can slip. We can make a mistake. But the person that is free gets up from it and keeps on going. That's freedom. It's not to never sin again. It means that we continue and we persevere in what God has called us even after we have sinned. 
And so I want to talk to you today and I want to close this by showing you a parable that Jesus mentioned of the prodigal son. You guys know the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son who had a great father, a good father, and decided that he wanted to go away and he wanted to live on his own. He wanted to be independent. He wanted to live la vida loca. And he did. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 15 to 17. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen. Listen, let me, let me just let me just take you to this point because I know, I know we jumped quite a bit ahead. The prodigal son goes away, takes his inheritance, spends it all, eventually wastes it in sinful actions and doing so many things. And he finds himself broke, broke with nothing left by himself in a far country away from home. He's homeless. He's homeless. And so he starts working for this person taking care of pigs. And as he's taking care of the pigs, he's so poor and so broke that he has no money to eat. That he desires to eat the food of the pigs that the pigs are eating. That's as low as this man goes. And the Bible says that he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. So who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. That's how low he goes. And when he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. Here's the prodigal son. Goes away from home. Loses everything he had gained from the father. Messes up. We can say in our message, he goes back again. Back to bondage. He goes back to slavery. He's at a place that's the lowest place he could ever encounter in his life. And at this point in his life, he desires to eat the food that the pigs are eating. He desires to eat it, but not even that will they give him. And in that moment, he remembers. Even the servants in my father's house are better off than I am. Even the servants, even the slaves, even the person with the lowest position in my father's house lives better than me right now in this moment. He came to his senses. And I want to tell you this this morning. If you want to maintain freedom, and maybe you're not here yet, but at some point you're, you will be tempted. At some point you will slip up. And when that happens, there will be this temptation to stay there. But here's what the prodigal son did and we need to do. He admitted that he needed help. When the Bible says that he came to his senses, that means that he recognized in himself and in his mind that he was wrong and that he needed help to get back to where he was. This is the place, this is the moment where all of us need to get to if we want to maintain freedom. If we want to stay free. From those things that used to bind us, we have to learn to admit when we need help. We have to learn to admit when we need help.
Listen, because some never recover from a slip up, from sinning again, from going back to what they used to because their pride gets in the way. Their pride gets in the way. And they don't want to admit that they need help. There are some people that are struggling in life. That probably sinned against God. They probably messed up in some area and they left the church or they simply stopped serving God. And they haven't come back. You know why? Not because they don't want to. It's because their pride doesn't let them. They can't admit that they need help. They can't admit that they can't do it on their own. They won't admit that they need help. Because maybe, maybe they're just too embarrassed about what they did. To say it to somebody. See, shame gets in the way sometimes when we slip up. We slip up. We mess up. And we have these things that we struggle with in life that we're not willing to talk to anybody because we're ashamed of those things. We're not willing to admit that we need help. Not only because that pride gets in the way, but we're not willing to admit it sometimes because we're just shameful about it. We're embarrassed about it. We feel like if we tell somebody, they're going to think the worst things about us. And so we remain in bondage. And we don't come back to freedom because we're not willing to admit that we need help because we're embarrassed or ashamed of it. Maybe sometimes people will never come back from bondage again. Will never experience true freedom because they feel condemned. They're hard on themselves. They slip up. They make a mistake. Man, and these people, they punish themselves. They think that God is angry. They think that God is waiting to whip them. They think that God will never forgive them. And so they never attempt to ask or reach out for help. Because they think that God could never again forgive them for what they have done. See, I want you to get this today. Because if we want to remain free, the first step is to admit that we need help. We need help. We can't do this on our own. Can I tell you this morning that if you want to, look around you. Maybe you can't talk to everybody. Maybe you can't reach out to everybody. But there's got to be one person that you can reach out to. There's got to be one person that you can talk to that can help you through your problem. That can help you through your struggle. So that you will no longer have to live under the penalty of sin and bondage. But you can be free. Say you can be free. That's the first step. The second step, we find that in verse 18 of the same parable, it says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. The second step, if we want to remain free in our lives, is that we need to repent, humbly repent to God and others. You know, there's some people that experience freedom, but they never maintain the freedom. I'll tell you why. Because they're never willing to repent. They're not willing to recognize when they're wrong. You see, for these people, and it's probably nobody here today, but for these people, it's always everybody else is wrong and I'm always right. It's always, man, everybody's wrong. They're the ones that mess up. They're the ones that hurt me. They're the ones that, and it's always pointing the finger at everybody else. But it's never recognizing that maybe, maybe the problem is not in other people, it's in you. Maybe the problem of why we keep going back to the same struggle and we keep on dealing with the same sins, it's not because other people around us. Maybe it's because 
there's something that needs to change in us. And so the second step to remain free, to stay free, is to humbly repent to God and others. Listen, some people say, well, yeah, I repent. When I mess up, I go to God, I pray, I say, God, forgive me for my sin. But that's, how, that's where we stop. We ask God, we're willing to ask God for forgiveness. We don't mind that. Because we have the mindset for, mo for the most part that God will forgive us. So we go to God, we say, God, forgive me, I messed up. But we're not willing to ask for forgiveness when we offend others. And here's the issue, here's the problem. If we want to remain free, it's not only with God that we have to repent. Sometimes we have to repent before others. The prodigal son said, I will go back and I will say to my father, forgive me for I have, a, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. Not only did I sin against God, man, I messed up, I offended you, I did you wrong. And that's the thing that we have to recognize in our lives. We have to be able to humble ourselves and recognize when we are wrong in our marriage. You have to recognize in marriage. Listen, if you want your marriage to last for a long time, you have to be willing to say, I'm sorry. It's a word that's hard to say, but man, it will help you through some hardships. I'm sorry. Some people are never wrong. They will never admit to other people, man, I'm sorry. I, I'm the one that messed up. Yeah, I did wrong. And I, I've dealt with this before. When you confront people about something they did, they might come to you and be like, oh, okay. Well, I, I'm sorry if it offended you. That's not real repentance, though. <laughs> Saying, oh, I'm sorry if you took it the wrong way. It's not real repentance. Because you're not admitting that you were wrong. You're just simply saying, I'm sorry, not that I did something wrong. I'm sorry if you took it the wrong way. Oh, no, I don't know. I know today things are quiet this morning. And I know that it's hard to repent, not only to God, but especially to other people. To ask for forgiveness when sometimes you don't know that you did something wrong. I get it. I get it because... As a pastor and as a leader, I know that sometimes I might offend people just by probably not even noticing that I just walked by them. Some people might get offended for that. You might offend people by doing things, by saying things that you didn't even realize. And you can't repent of something that you have no clue about. So listen, if somebody offended you or you feel offended by what somebody did, here's the thing. Go and talk to them. Let them know. Make them aware. Because listen. They can't read your mind. That's the first step to reconciliation is say something about it. But now listen, if they do say something about it, if somebody does confront you, if somebody does come before you and makes you aware of something that you did that offended them, now you have the responsibility. You have the responsibility of recognizing your fault and accepting it and apologizing for it without justifying the fact that you did or without excusing it. A lot of people will never find freedom in their lives, in whatever area it might be, because they're not willing to humbly repent before God and others. And this is something that we need to get better at, church. 
this is something that we need to get better at. I just got one amen from my wife. Thank you, baby. You're so good. But I believe that that deserved more amens than just that. That deserved a good hand clap too. Come on. Put your hands together. Humbly repent before God and others. We need to recognize when we're wrong. Listen, we're not perfect. If we want to maintain freedom, there's got to be a continual process of, forgive, of asking for forgiveness. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples when they prayed, he said, forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. It's something that you ask for every day. It's not something that you just did when you came up to the front one day when you accepted Jesus Christ and that was it. No, it's something that you need to do every day in your life. The third step to maintain freedom in our lives, third step that we need. We go to Luke 19, Luke chapter 15, same chapter, verses 19 to 21, the next verse now. And here's what the prodigal son said. He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Here's the third step in maintaining freedom. Third step is to choose to reject Satan's lies. You have to choose to reject Satan's lies. The prodigal son, this is what he thought. And listen, thank God that he got over it. But the prodigal son thought, I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. Worthiness. Say with me, worthiness. You see, that's something that we all probably struggle with. When we sin especially, and when we fall, Sometimes the first lie the enemy will tell us is we're not worthy of God's forgiveness. He'll tell you, you're not worthy to be called a Christian. You're not worthy to be called a son or a daughter of the Most High. He'll lie to you. He'll tell you, God will never forgive you. He'll tell you, ah, God will never accept you again. That's what will happen. When we slip up, when we fall again, and you see, if we buy into that lie, we'll stay in bondage. We'll stay in sin. But you have to choose daily to reject the lies of the enemy that he tells you, you're not worthy. God will never forgive you. I came to tell you today, the devil is a liar. You have to choose to reject his lies. He is a liar. We know it because when the son comes back, the father receives him with open arms. The Bible says while the son was still far away, the father was waiting at the door. Probably every day he would go to the door and just stand there. Maybe he was in his rocking chair on the front porch just watching and waiting from morning till night. Seeing will today be the day that my son comes back. That's how God is with us. He's there waiting for you as he watches you and he knows that you're in sin far away from him. 
him. God isn't angry at you. That's what the enemy wants you to think. No, he's there waiting, patiently looking at you, desiring you for you to come back. And the Bible says that when the father saw the son far away, he got up and he ran to him and he met him halfway. Because he had compassion. He had compassion for his son. Can I tell you this morning that that's what God has for us? He has compassion. When we slip up, when we sin, when we mess up, when we get it wrong, God isn't angry. He might be sad because he wants us close to him. But you know what? He's compassionate. He is loving. He is gracious. He is waiting for us with open arms. But we have to reject Satan's lies when he says you're not worthy. Number four, as the Verse 22 to 24, we get the final step if we want to maintain freedom. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Put a ring on his finger. And sandals on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Fourth step, if we want to maintain freedom, is that we have to choose. We have to choose to receive God's truth. There will be an opportunity to receive Satan's lie. But I give you one better today, and it's to reject Satan's lie, but to accept God's truth. You are his son, and you are his daughter, and you might have messed up. You might have slipped up. You might have sinned, but he's waiting for you with open arms. The father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet. Listen, the son said, I'm not worthy to be your son. Just take me back as your servant, as a slave. See, the son bought into lies, Satan's lie. He believed that God or that his father would not receive him back. As a son, he believed the lie of the enemy. But the father, when he received them, he heard the son say, just take me as your slave. I'm not worthy. The father did something that trampled upon that lie of the enemy. The father did something symbolically. Man, that destroyed that lie of sin. He thought, I'm not worthy. I'll just be a slave. But the father, he 
said to his servants, bring me the best robe. Listen again, the son just came back from being homeless, broke, living in the streets. He had no shoes, raggedy clothes. And the father says, bring me the best robe. This is formal attire. You know what I'm saying? When you go to a party and they tell you it's formal attire, you have to wear your best. Just throw on some jeans and a t-shirt. You got to take your suit or your dress to the laundry. You got to get it pressed. You got to iron that shirt. You got to tie on that knot. You got to get ready. Because you're going into a new season. And in that season, listen, God dresses you for the occasion. You're no longer a slave. So you can't dress like a slave. You're his son. And God gives his children the best. Then he says, put a ring on his finger. The ring probably contained a seal, which was the family seal. Which meant that he was a member of the family. Not a slave. A member of the family. And he said, put sandals on. Which symbolized wealth. He was living in poverty. But now God was getting ready to restore him. And give him everything he had. It's called restoration. You're no longer a slave. You might think you're not worthy. But can I tell you this morning that God, when he receives you, he receives you as his child, as a member of the family. And this means that he accepts you. He doesn't reject you. You are accepted. You belong to him. You are his. And today, you can truly say if you receive God's truth, I belong to him. Do you want to be free this morning? Come on, I don't know. Do you want to stay free this morning? Then you got to accept God's truth. Accept His grace. Accept His mercy. Come on, stand to your feet right there where you're at. Lift your hands and say, God, I receive your grace. I receive your truth. I receive your mercy. I am your son. Come on, say, I am your daughter. I am your child. I belong to you. If you want to receive the freedom that God has for you, or maybe you want to maintain that freedom, I want you to come out of your seat, come forward. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to finish this message series by praying and declaring that God has set us free and we will remain free in the name of Jesus. We will remain free. So today, we take that step of faith. Step of faith. Begin to walk in 
God's truth. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.